Hey friends, and welcome to the How to Be Okay So That Everything Else Doesn't Have to Be Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Hudson, and we are on a journey to let go of our laundry list of misguided attempts to feel what we all just want to feel. Okay. So thanks for tuning in, and let's get into this week's episode. Hello, my friends, it's Laura, and welcome to episode two of the How to Be Okay So That Everything Else Doesn't Have to Be podcast. I'm so excited that you're joining me for episode two. Um, I hope that you're coming from episode one. If you haven't had a chance yet, please, um, please do go and take a look at that or take a listen rather. Um, it's a great kind of introductory piece on why we're here, what we're doing, and uh kind of just what's what's to come. And if you have listened to episode one and you're joining us for episode two, thank you. That means that something that I said resonated with you in episode one, and that makes me really excited. And on that note, um, if you're liking what you're hearing so far, please do go ahead and hit subscribe. I have got some really exciting stuff lined up for our first few episodes here, including our first guest. Um, I'm going to be interviewing her, little teaser, her on Friday, and um, that's going to be a really great episode. So uh, stay tuned, subscribe, and let's get into it. So in last week's episode, I briefly touched on this idea of what do I mean when I say, okay, that is such a general term, perhaps the most overused word in the English language. So why am I choosing to put such emphasis on it? What do I really mean when I say what, how to be okay? So that's what I really want to unpack in today's episode. And I'm also going to provide you with some really awesome resources that honestly, not even being dramatic, guys, changed my life. Some books, some authors um, that were just absolutely transformational in my approach to life. And I wanted to share a few passages from those books today. And really just kind of help you to get started on this journey yourself or, or keep moving with it. Uh, so let's get into that as well. So what does it mean to be okay? Uh, this concept, this idea of being okay, it was first introduced to me back in about 2016, 2017 or so by an author by the name of Mary O'Malley in her book, What's in the Way is the Way. And don't worry, I will link um, all the resources that I mentioned in today's episode. So don't worry, don't rush to go write that down. But honestly, I'm not even being dramatic. This book, it changed my life, you guys. Mary is an author, counselor, and really just an acknowledged leader in the field of waking up, just kind of enlightenment, whatever you want to call it, um, spirituality. There's so many different names for it, but really, I think she's just a leader in the field of, of how to have an easier human experience. Um, if you look up a photo of Mary, she's she looks like an absolute sweet grandmother who makes the world's best chocolate chip cookies um, and her, her writing I'm not going to lie. It's a, it's a little fluffy sometimes. And, and just in her language, she talks about these wellsprings of joy inside of us. And and there were some moments where I was like, oh, I, I don't know about this. I don't know. I don't think I have a wellspring of joy inside me, Mary. But thanks. Thanks so much. But um, honestly, 
she's so legit, guys. She has lived through so many things in her life, intense addiction, compulsive eating, suicidal thinking. Like she she's lived it. She knows suffering. Um, she has moved through it and come out the other side. Um, she honestly took my whole life paradigm and and flipped it on its head. Um, I kind of jokingly call the time in my life prior to this book like BMO, like before Mary O'Malley. Um, I really, I really believed that happiness and what everything that I wanted in life and was searching for in life existed outside of myself and that all I had to do was change my external world and, and my life for so many years was really just a series of problems to be fixed um, so that I could really start living my life just just around the corner, I'll just have to lose these these X amount of pounds, get this job, move to this city. So that was really my kind of B- BMO period of my life. And AMO or after Mary O'Malley is really this idea this idea that what I'm searching for, what we're all searching for is alive inside of us in this very moment. And she says it more eloquently than this, but essentially, if I can sift through all of the other shit that I've accumulated over the years that's just blocking this feeling, we can access it right now. No changes to our external environment needed. And that is the most liberating feeling when you actually come to believe that. And that is this feeling of just, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. I'm where I need to be. I'm content. Nothing needs to change to get me to feel the way that I want to feel. Like I, I feel it. Um, just visualize yourself outside just enjoying the sun, warming your skin on a hot summer's day. The trees are kind of blowing in the wind. The birds are chirping. I don't want to get too corny here, so stick with me. I promise this this is going to get better. Um, basically, I'm just trying to get the point across that your senses, you're taking it all in at face value. I'm here. I'm present. It feels spacious. It feels open. It feels warm. It feels easy. And this is the real kicker here, guys. There's no judgment of what is. It just is. I'm not analyzing, is the sun too warm? Are the birds too loud? I'm not attaching a feeling or a judgment or a value to that. I'm just noticing. I'm just aware. I'm okay. And when you find that place and you start to live your life from there and (laughs) I'm not saying I have gotten there. Uh, It's way easier said than done. But essentially what can happen is that your life is no longer a series of problems to fix. I have spent so much of my life looking at it as, okay, I just have to fix this problem, this problem, and this problem, and then, oh, life is going to be good. Uh, Just let me lose those 20 pounds. Let me move to this cool city, get this dream job. And then, then life's really going to start for me. And that feeling is there, that ideology, it is so problematic. And AMO or (laughs) after Mary O'Malley, you, you start to come to this 
acknowledgement that life isn't a series of problems to fix. It's a collection of moments to just show up for and experience and surf through. So that was my really rambly attempt at kind of capturing some of the wisdom of Mary. But what I'm actually going to do now is I'm going to read you a quick passage from her book that I think really kind of sums up her message quite nicely, or at least kind of offers that teaser of or that look or that glimpse into what could be if we kind of can work through this. So I'm going to read the first two pages of her first chapter called It's All Okay. It's truly okay. And full disclaimer here, I I tried to do some research on am I legally allowed to read read passages from other people's books or is that copyright? Like I don't I'm not a lawyer. I don't clearly I'm a new podcaster. I don't really know what's going on here. So I think that I can, um, as long as I give credit, which I've done. So, but I mean, if my podcast is uh, shut down by next week, you know what happened. (laughs) So uh, fingers crossed that I'm not breaking the law right now, guys. So uh, let's get on with this. So imagine a day when everything was okay, not just okay, but really okay. You may have just fallen in love or received something you have wanted for a long time, Or maybe you're on a vacation with no pressures, lying on a beach in deep contentment. Allow the images of your okay day to fill you up. Go for the gusto. Let in that okayness. Let it flood your mind, your body, and your heart. Now, notice what you are experiencing as you use your imagination to open up to the joy of everything being okay. In your mind, there is probably a sense that Nothing needs to be any different than it is. In your body, there is likely an experience of deep relaxation that allows for the glow of joy. Your heart is open, spacious, and light. What would it be like if you knew that everything was always okay? That doesn't mean there wouldn't be challenges. It just means that you wouldn't turn them into problems. So then you would be able to respond to them from a clear place. What would it be like to live from this open, relaxed, engaged, and spacious place? Isn't this what you deeply long for? To no longer struggle with life and instead be available to the experience of life as it is right here, right now. This is possible. In fact, everything in your life is a part of the journey into recognizing and living from a place that is beyond struggle. We all long for this okayness, and yet it seems very elusive. If you step back and look at what is going on inside you all day long, you would see that rather than resting in the ease of okayness, your mind is often doing the opposite. It is searching for something better, a better body, a better mate, a better meditation, a better car, a better mind. This kind of mind hopes that if you can just get your life the way you want it to be, then you will feel okay. You can also spend a lot of energy trying to get rid of the parts of you that you don't like. You hope all of this wanting and resisting will finally soothe the raging beast of the voice in your head that says you and your life need to be different than what they are in order to have everything be okay. When struggling with your life doesn't bring you lasting satisfaction, 
You look for it through the numbing world of compulsions. Yes. Ben and Jerry's. Okay, that's not actually written in the book. Okay, sorry, I'm almost done. When you look honestly at your search for a better experience, you will see that it doesn't work. Or the better way to say it is that it does work for brief moments, but it keeps you caught in the belief that if you just do it right, if you change yourself and your life enough, then you will know that elusive okayness you so deeply long for. But haven't you noticed that every time your mind feels that it has gotten yourself and your life together, they haven't stayed that way? Yup. <laughs> It's very important to understand that the mind is not being put down here. It is an exquisite creation of life that took 13.8 billion years to form. Since the beginning of the universe, life created the mind as a tool for maneuvering through life, not to be in charge of it. The mind is a wonderful servant, but it is a horrible master. Giving it the task of being in charge of life has created the world of struggle that most people live in all day long, keeping them cut off from peace and joy. I'm going to stop there. Oh, I love it. So that is what I mean when I say, okay, I believe that we can access that part in us without Ben and Jerry's, without our compulsions, without our vices, be it alcohol, drugs, relationships, like all, all that we do in this world that brings us so much suffering is, is an attempt to feel this feeling. And it's because we've let our minds become the masters instead of our servants, instead of just seeing the mind as a tool to help us go through life. So I believe that we can get there without the outside world. And I believe that we can get there without needing other people to be okay with us and validate us at all times, which is something that I know that I struggle with um, a lot. So I hope some of that um, had a glimmer of kind of aha for you, um, like it did for me. And although these words, they absolutely rocked my 25-year-old brain all those years ago, um, what Mary's saying here, it isn't revolutionary. Um, in fact, it's about 2,500 years old, if not older. This message, it has been communicated to the world hundreds, thousands of times, packaged in different ways from different people. And that's not a shot at Mary. That's not to, to give criticism of, of how it's unoriginal. That's, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that because this is the message. It is the root of our psychological suffering, and it, it transcends time, space, culture, religion. It's the human condition. And as humans, we don't all speak the same language or share the same experience or like the same things. And so for this reason, we need people from all walks of life throughout history to share it. And amongst all of the other noise in our world, it's only recently getting the attention that it truly deserve, deserves. Thanks to people like Mary O'Malley, Eckhart Tolle, Thich Nhat Hanh, 
Tara Brock, John Cabot Zinn. I'm not sure if any of these names mean anything to you, but they will. So it's so important that these people share this message because we're not all going to receive it in the same way. We might hear it 10 times before the right message comes from the right person at the right time and it just clicks like it did for me with this book. So this rough concept, I said it was mentioned thousands of years ago. I want to loop back to that because you might have been like, what? So this concept, it was most famously introduced to the world around 500 BC by a young man named Siddhartha Gautama, I hope I didn't butcher that, who later became known as the Buddha. And although the name Buddha is synonymous in our world with the religion Buddhism, many argue that what I'm talking about here, what I'm about to share with you, it's it's strictly history and psychology based. Humans, we developed this wisdom into a religion through our rituals and institutions, and that serves a large community of people. But at its core, this is simply the intersection of where history meets the beginnings of psychology. And I'm going to read to you a passage from another one of my favorite books called Rebel Buddha by uh, Zogchen Ponlap Ripnosh. Again, really hope I said that okay. Uh, he is absolutely another one of my favorite authors and thought leaders. And he does a really good job of capturing some of this, the essence of what Mary was saying, um, kind of in its original form as it was introduced or shared to the world by Buddha. So one second, let me grab that book. I'm going to share with you a couple pages. Okay, so chapter one is called Rebel Buddha, and it reads, when you hear the word Buddha, what do you think of? A golden statue, a young prince seated under a spreading tree, or maybe Keanu Reeves in the movie Little Buddha, robed monks, shaved heads, you may have many associations or none at all. Most of us are far removed from any realistic connection to the word. But the word Buddha, however, simply means awake or awakened. It does not refer to a particular historical person or to a philosophy or religion. It refers to your own mind. You know you have a mind, but what's it like? It's awake. I don't just mean it's not asleep. I mean your mind is really awake, beyond your imagination. Your mind is brilliantly clear, open, spacious, and full of excellent qualities, unconditional love, compassion, and wisdom that sees things as they truly are. In other words, your awakened mind is always a good mind. It's never dull or confused. It's never distressed by the doubts, fears, and emotions that so often torture us. Instead, your true mind is a mind of joy, free from all suffering. That is who you really are. That is the true nature of your mind and the mind of everyone. But your mind doesn't just sit there being perfect, doing nothing. It's at play all of the time, creating your world. If this is true, then why isn't your life and the whole world perfect? Why aren't you happy all the time? How could you be laughing one minute and in despair the next? And why would awakened people argue, fight, lie, cheat, steal, and go to war? 
The reason is that even though the awakened state is the true nature of the mind, most of us don't see it. Why? Something is in the way. Something is blocking our view of it. Sure, we see bits of it here and there, but the moment we see it, something else pops into our mind. What time is it? Is it time for lunch? Oh, look, a butterfly. And our insight is gone. Ironically, what blocks your view of your mind's true nature, your Buddha mind, is also your own mind. The part of your mind that is always busy, constantly involved in a steady stream of thoughts, emotions, and concepts. This busy mind is who you think you are. It is easier to see like the face of the person standing right in front of you. For example, the thought you're thinking right now is more obvious to you than your awareness of that thought. When you get angry, you pay more attention to what you're angry about than to the actual source of your anger, where your anger is coming from. In other words, you notice what your mind is doing, but you don't see the mind itself. You identify yourself with the contents of this busy mind, your thoughts, emotions, ideas, and end up thinking that all of this stuff is me and how I am. When you do that, it's like being asleep and dreaming and believing that your dream images are true. If, for example, you dream that you're being chased by a menacing stranger, it's very scary and real. However, as soon as you wake up, both the stranger and your feelings of terror are simply gone and you feel great relief. Furthermore, if you had known you were dreaming in the first place, then you wouldn't have experienced any fear. In a similar way, in our ordinary life, we're like dreamers, believing that the dream we're having is real. We think we're awake, but we're not. We think that this busy mind of thoughts and emotions is who we truly are. But when we actually wake up, our misunderstanding about who we are and the suffering that confusion brings is gone. Okay, so I'll stop there, but... Ugh, I just, I love it. And basically, to sum all that up, guys, I think that we're sleeping a little bit here, okay? I think that if we can figure out how to wake up a bit, I think that there can be so much less suffering that we bring upon ourselves. And that's why we're here. That's what this is all about. And this all starts by figuring out how to remove all of the shit that we have acquired collectively and individually throughout our lifetimes that's covering up that. Wow, that was so eloquently said by me. I guess that's why Mary and Zogchen are the authors here. I'll, um, I'll leave the writing to them. So... Okay, let's wrap this up, guys. So I want to get down off my soapbox. I feel like I've been a little preachy here. I hope that's not how I came across. I hope it came through as as just passion and excitement because that's what this is for me. Um, And like I said at the very beginning... I have not figured out how to do this, guys. So I am right there with you. Um, perhaps you're even ahead of me. Um, I'm in the trenches. I am in the trenches with you. And I just want to figure this out together. 
So there you have it. Episode two. Um, that is what I mean when I said, let's figure out how to be okay so that everything else doesn't have to be. I hope that now you have a bit of a firmer grasp on kind of what I'm talking about here and why I chose the word okay to kind of be at the center of this podcast. Again, I know it's the most commonly used word in the English language. It's completely, someone should fact check me there. I'm, I'm sure I'm not actually right, but you know what I'm going for. Um, but I, I believe that it's, it's the most powerful. So that's that. Sorry, <laughs> I don't know what's up with me today. I'm just extra awkward. But um, so to sign off here, I just wanted to say that in the next few weeks, I want to dedicate a full episode or potentially even a series to figuring out where did we go so wrong? How did we get to this point? Now that we've established kind of what I think that we're capable of and where I think we can get to, I want to spend some time really diving into how did we get so off course, like both like collectively as a society before I was even brought into the world, like why, why did society kind of raise me to be how I am, but then also owning a lot of it myself and, and kind of figuring out where I personally took some wrong turns to get to this point where I'm so reliant on my outside world. So I want to have some conversations about that and, and hopefully get some insight for you as well, because I think, as we know, all of our lives have been different. That was really insightful. Um, but I think that there's a lot of similarities, hence why I think we should do a whole podcast about this. Okay, so that's it for me, guys. I'm going to sign off today. I just can't handle my own awkwardness. Um, but final call to action, like I promised, I'm going to list um, the books that I mentioned, as well as the authors, as well as a few others that I didn't mention in today's episode. You can find those on the show notes of my website, which I will link below. Um, so go check them out and take a read through um, whether you think Mary might be um, that message that you're ready to receive or someone else that I've mentioned today. Um, my ask of you or my invitation, if you will, is to spend some time and um, just dive into this and dive into this concept and get excited as nerd I am because we are going to nerd out hard. Okay. See you guys next week.